latest edition of Aon's Retirement Market Update. I'm your host, Victoria Panormo, and today I'll be taking a look at what's been causing a stir in the pensions world, and then we'll hear my interview on DB consolidation with Matthew Ahrens and Rianne Littlewood, consultants in our retirement practice here at Aon. It's time for the news. So let's start with commercial consolidators. The DWP's consultation closed on the 1st of February. It brings much needed clarity on the direction of travel they anticipate for these new consolidation vehicles. However, there remains considerable uncertainty over how the regime under which the consolidators will operate, making transactions difficult in the short term. Later in the podcast, you'll hear my interview with Matthew and Rianne, starting with what makes these consolidators special and getting into the nitty gritty of what that means for DB stakeholders. Responsible investment. If you've attended a pensions conference recently, it's likely that the agenda included responsible investing or ESG considerations. Following a consultation over the summer, DWP published its findings in their paper, Clarifying and Strengthening Trustee Investment Duties, covering the extent to which DB and DC schemes should take ESG issues into account. The most immediate actions, which I'm sure you're more than aware of, are update the Statement of Investment Principles for ESG considerations by the 1st of October this year, I've been saying next year for so long, and make it available to members online. Tricky. I'm sure many of you are already talking about this, but if you're not, you should add it to the next agenda. We'll be discussing it at our conference, that's for sure. I'll include a registration link in the podcast show notes. GMP equalisation. In our last podcast, I was joined by the expert witnesses in their Lloyd's case, Aon's Tom Yorath and Jason Eshelby. Worth a listen if you haven't already heard it. We talked through the court case itself and the implications of the ruling. The industry is now picking up where the judgment left off and working through some of the unanswered questions and practical issues. A number of working groups have been set up to deal with some of the tax issues caused by GMP equalisation, some of the admin issues, and to produce industry standards for GMP conversion. If you're interested in how the industry has moved on since the judgment, dial into our webinar on the 4th of February, where we look at how things have developed in 100 days since the judgment, Of course, I'll pop the link in the show notes. Don't worry if you've missed it, though. You'll be able to listen to the recording and see them in person at any of our pensions conferences this year. Pensions dashboard consultation. The DWP consultation, which closed on the 28th of January, seeks views on their findings on how the pensions industry can create online pension dashboards. The DWP believe that multiple dashboards will improve choice for consumers, allowing them to use the dashboard that most meets their needs. However, that these should exist alongside a non-commercial dashboard, offering an impartial service to those who prefer it. The proposal is that the rollout of the project will take three to four years to get all schemes on board, starting with the master trust schemes, leaving those pesky DB schemes until last. The consultation may throw up more questions. How will this be funded? What does it mean for trustees? 
what scope of work is needed on data and record keeping. I mean, the pensions industry is renowned for having clean member data, right? Aon responded to the consultation, so watch this space for more information as we get it. And finally, investment outlook. The sun has set on a dreadful quarter for equities that was Q4, where markets were beset by worries near the end of the year. Over the period, perceptions of economic conditions worsened drastically, much more so than underlying news flow would suggest. Virtually all markets fell sharply, and for once, the US was not spared. Equity market falls also echoed in credit markets, where spreads widened. Only UK gilts held their own, as they were helped by Brexit uncertainty. What to do with equities in these challenging conditions is not a one-size-fits-all approach. For already well-buffered and diversified portfolios, there is no strong rationale for reducing equity allocations substantially, if only because there's no competing asset class that is much more attractive to hold instead. Other portfolios that are more reliant on equity risk to drive return have more to do, and so should use market rebounds to lower risk and should use market rebounds to lower risk. Overall, we see the lower rewards for risk typical of such market environments, indicating a need for more portfolio conservatism. If you'd like any more information on any of these areas, I'll include contact details at the end. Now I'd like to welcome to the podcast stage, Matthew Ahrens, partner and the Aon's Head of UK Retirement Policy, and senior consultant specialising in corporate and risk settlement work, Rianne Littlewood. Hello to you both. Hello. Hi, Victoria. What I'd like to talk to you about today is about the future of the DB consolidator market. And before we go into that, can we just start by getting back to basics and for our listeners explain exactly what a consolidator does? Yes, absolutely, Victoria. So, um, first of all, we're talking about DB pensions here. And there are lots of different ways to consolidate DB pension plans. But for the purposes of this this discussion, uh, we are talking about a commercial consolidator. And that is a special type of DB pension plan. And it's special in two ways. Uh, First of all, the way that Covenant supports the commercial consolidator, it would be via cash reserves, not really an ongoing employer. And the second thing that makes them special is that we expect them to be profit making as opposed to a typical DB pension plan. Um, But profit making shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. For example, insurance companies make profits as well. It's just the way these models will run. So who who are they? So at the moment, we're aware of, uh, of two firms, uh, the Pension Superfund, or, or PSF, and Clara, uh, who've both announced their, their business. They've got very different models um, across the two. So uh, in, in brief, um, Clara is a stepping stone towards buyout, whereas the Pension Superfund is an ongoing vehicle that looks to share upside with with its members as well as with its investors. So as Rianne says, there there are two consolidators we know about. What I think we should add is that there are persistent rumours of a third or maybe even a fourth consolidator out there or entrance to the consolidator market. And and also rumours potentially of a deal about to be done. But as of the time we're recording this, that hasn't happened yet. 
So the DWP have got a consultation that closed on the 1st of February. Can you talk us through a bit about the consultation and perhaps Aon's response? Absolutely. So the DWP's consultation on consolidators closes on the 1st of February um, and contains 74 questions. So just to give you a, a sense of scale, the, the recent uh, consultation on collective DC schemes uh, only had 25 questions in it. So you can see from that just how detailed and broad the consolidation consultation actually is. So what's in there? Well, it covers all sorts of topics such as um, tougher requirements on the consolidators than typical DB pension plans have right now, covering things like fit and proper persons requirements, um, restrictions and requirements over systems and processes, how commercial consolidators will be authorised, and then the very important topic of the funding regime for consolidators. Now, in that section of the consultation, the DWP put forward four different models for how they think it would operate. Now, the interesting thing about that is it, there are four models, not one. Uh, and I think that shows just how difficult it is to reach conclusion on the best way to structure that. And within those four models, they, they fall really into two buckets. So the decision is, do you look at this as a pensions type environment with a pensions type regulatory model or an insurance type model? And there's, there's pros and cons to each. So, for example, for trustees looking at this, the pensions world is a lot more familiar. So a slightly more onerous pensions regime might be something that they can understand more. But then... On the other side, uh, insurance companies, as Matthew said at the start, are a form of DB consolidator. Um, so why not take a similar regime to, to what they're subject to and, and have it look more like that? And the key question then is, even once you've decided where to start from, is where to pitch the level of security that the consolidator provides versus insurance companies. And, and where you pitch that level is going to determine the premium for entry. And that in turn is going to affect how, relatively speaking, the price for consolidator entry compares to insurance company bulk annuity business um, and, and the size of the market for these commercial consolidators. And speaking of uh, member security, there's, apart from the financial security, insurance companies are also subject to um, restrictions on things like how they advertise themselves and treating customers fairly. So we were slightly surprised not to see that aspect covered in the consultation at all. One of the things you just touched on, Matthew, was the size of the market. So you talked about Clara Pensions and the Pension Superfund and possibly a couple of others, but how, do, how big do you think the consolidated market will be? Well, that's an excellent question, Victoria. Um, it would be great to give you a definitive answer to that, but it will depend on where we end up with the funding regime for consolidators. As I say, it will therefore affect the price of entry and, and the gap to uh, the buyout cost. The, the other thing to say is, as, as of the time we're talking right now, no deals have actually been done yet. Um, and as the regime remains uncertain, it may be that there will be a little bit of a hiatus before we see a large number of deals taking place. But the interesting point to, to keep in mind here is that the DB market as a whole is huge. So actually, even if only 
a fraction, a tiny fraction, perhaps 1% of the market is goes down this route, that's still actually a material amount um, for, for a material size of market uh, for these firms. And to draw a comparison with the bulk annuity market, they operate at about 20 billion a year at the moment. So um, 2018 in particular, that's around 1% of DB assets. So a comparable, even if it takes a few years uh, to reach that size, if this market gets to a similar size, that will be plenty big enough to be a viable market. So if our listeners are considering approaching a consolidator, what do they need to consider? So from an employer perspective, uh, it's a slightly easier position to be in. They they need to think about whether or not it's right for their members and, and how their employees might perceive this as move for them. Um, but also they need to think of it in the same context as any other um, or a comparable buyout option. So, for example, what will it mean for their company accounts? What will it mean for their finances? So the other side to consider is where the trustees are on the question of commercial mm-hmm. consolidation, because the way consolidator entry will work is via the bulk transfer of their members without their consent into the consolidator vehicle. And so it's for the trustees to decide that that transfer is in the members' best interests. And therefore, the kind of thought process they will be going through is to evaluate whether the future under the commercial consolidator will be better than the status quo for the members. And then separately to that particular question, the trustees will likely need to be thinking about whether there are other consolidator options for them than the commercial consolidator, such as entering a DB master trust or merging schemes together, or indeed insurance for that for that matter. So the role for the trustees and the task in front of them is really quite challenging, and particularly, as I say, in this period before the final regulations are clear. I'm glad we're talking about members. What, what does this mean for Joe Public, member of the DB pension scheme that's gone into one of these consolidating vehicles? So in principle, it should be a good thing for members. As Matthew said, trustees have to be convinced that it's better than the status quo in order to to agree to this. So members should be benefiting from an improved covenant. In practice, there's a, a perception point to be aware of. So even if members are theoretically better off, how will they perceive it? How will trustees and employers communicate to them around what's happening um, and, and what it means for them? I think the other aspect here, though, is the, the sort of the quality of service that members will perceive once they enter the consolidator. Um, and indeed, we think that the uh, consultation should have really covered this in perhaps a little bit more detail of requiring service standards of the consolidators. And of course, coupled with that will be the, the need to have very clean data in the same way that you do for bulk annuity purchase on entry to the consolidator. So what are you seeing clients doing now? So we've been working with, with some clients to assess these options in more detail. Um, for most clients, I would say this is starting to form part of their longer term, what is their end game thinking. So it's just one of, of a range of options that's available to them. But increasingly, we're seeing clients start to consider it. 
So if any of our listeners want to hear more on the subject of commercial consolidators, we'll be covering it in a little bit more detail at our pensions conference series. And they run over seven dates between February and April at locations all around the UK. That's great. Thank you very much. I think all that's left for me to do now is to thank you for coming in. So thank you. Um, And if uh, anybody's got any, uh, any questions for you, Um, I'll be including uh, notes of how they contact you at the end. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the latest edition of the Aon Retirement Market Update with me, Victoria Panormo, and my guests, Matthew Ahrens and Rianne Littlewood. If you'd like more information on our retirement solutions, you can contact me on victoria.panormo at aon.com. Otherwise, please visit our website or email talktous at aon.com.